Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Islanders country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fan Sided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at IslesFix and subscribe to our Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter. And I'm joined here once again by our full-time recurring guest, the man who raises his level of sniffs come the postseason, uh, Mr. Andy Francis. Andy, a lot to unpack here tonight. Yep. How are you currently feeling? I'm feeling as about as good about the, their outlook for the remainder of the series and heading home to Long Island as you possibly can, given what transpired a few minutes ago before we started this and uh, obviously happened in game one, because I thought they were the better team for really large portions of this game and have certainly been the better team five on five, but obviously huge missed opportunity here and not just about the Mayfield missed call, not just about an overtime. Uh, there were some other missed opportunities in this game as well to put it away. Yeah, I think I might have to downgrade Carolina to the seventh best team in the East because they are so devoid of upper tier talent, something that I know Islanders fans always clamor for. But when you take a look at the Islanders top six, there's two legitimate scoring threat the threat of scoring coming from two lines and when you're looking over there at Carolina they struggle to generate chances they are a lackluster team from top to bottom offensively they just have to hope to strangle you to death and they weren't even able to do that tonight they conceded two goals in a matter of whatever five minutes they blew a two-goal lead something that's very unlike them but something that was very unlike our Vezina caliber goaltender was the, the, the uh, we can go there we can go in. there to start I mean I know we're going to obviously get to the the missed call but you know you look the at calls, the goals that's already late that's already in overtime I no mean, I understand miss, I mean yeah. the first goal obviously the position of the of the shot um is not one where you're expecting goals to score but it looked like it you know, tipped off Stasny's stick. He may not even known or was trying for a deflection. Those things kind of happen. Uh, yep. Obviously, the fluke goal on the Ajo batting the puck out of midair. People getting all crazy about Ajo batting the puck out of midair as <laughs> if, listen, I, I they, should he have not done it? I guess it's an instinctive play. Sorokin did not see the puck until very, very late. It's a fluke goal, but it's a horrible goal to give up. What do you mean? They, yeah, they've never played hockey a day in their life. There's no different than somebody throwing a... a um like a dump in and it hits the stanchion in the boards and comes towards the goalie. He just literally, it doesn't matter if it, what, what's the difference if the guy went to fire it in and it hit the inside of Aho's shin and then redirected back towards the net. That's from the blue line. You can yawn a full time for three seconds and still have time to adjust to that puck. That is, that is more abysmal than the last one that came from behind the goal line. Cause at least you said, well, 
he saw Sorokin's head was poking out, which it should have been poor positioning. But at least that is a play known about. The bank off the back of the head if the goalie sticks his head out a little too far. And some guy, like 1 out of 10, 1 out of 20, 1 out of 30 can pull that off. But Sorokin, you, you can't lean your head. I don't know what he was doing, this joust where he was trying to punch his blocker out anticipating the crossing pass you have to hug the post and not allow that much of the back of your head to be exposed because he was literally a foot behind the goal line it's the only way he can score from there and unfortunately you need your best player to be your best player he is the islanders best player and those two debacles lost the game unfortunately and all those other stuff, yes, I get it. The disparity in penalties, the missed high stick. Your best player had a chance. Like, the Islanders were up six, seven minutes left. They're supposed to be a good defensive team. They defaulted to defense the second half of the year. Carolina is bad when it, in terms of coming back. They're five on five, and we just let them come back. That, that, that is the devastating part of that loss to me. No, I'm with you because uh, when Nelson scores the goal and the way that they had been playing in the third period and really since they went down 2 nothing and Paul Mary got them back on the backhander and kind of lit a spark and obviously Barzell scores with 20 seconds left and you're feeling great going into third. Uh, it's pretty even there to start. But the Islanders, I think, were had the better of the play. And then to break through and for Nelson to break through, uh, given the opportunity he had, he you know just doesn't miss. I know he won the accuracy competition back at All-Star Weekend extremely accurate shooter um you just had a great feeling when he had the puck in that position and you're thinking they're going to put this game away right now for the reasons you just mentioned because of Sorokin because of the limited quality chances um high danger chances that they were allowing five on five that if they just stayed out of the box did not give them a power play they had a great chance to get get a victory and instead to give up a goal the way they did in that position with Slavin um you know below the goal line and him knocking it off his mask was was absolutely brutal. Um, you know, they killed a big penalty uh, late in the third. The penalty kill was great tonight. I know they technically got a first. Uh, they get, technically got a power play goal on the on the Ajo own goal. Um, the Islander pe- penalty kill showed up. And uh, I know they didn't get a power play, but, and, uh, you know, Joe Pantorno from AM New York, um, you know, tweeted out actually just a little bit. He went back, or I'm not sure how quickly he was able to do this, but only four times in NHL playoff history has one team had five power play opportunities while the other ones had none. Happened twice in 2017, happened in the first round in game five of Columbus and Tampa, and then happened tonight. So, yeah, it does not happen. Huge disparity. We get it. And then there's the exclamation point, the punctuation um, point of this uh, with the Mayfield um, missed high stick call. But it's not the reason why the Islanders lost the game. Yeah, the game should have been over. They should have been in the locker room at that point. Uh, they should have closed it down. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm really hard on Mark andre Fleury. I really believe he screwed the Las Vegas Golden Knights. During his Vezina year, they were about to take a 2-1 to lead in the series. He fumbled the puck behind the net with one minute left, and it just squirted out to an open Montreal Canadian. They were the overwhelming favorites in that series. They're about to go up 2-1. That series is over, as you saw when Tampa went in there and beat them. But they they scored that. A true freebie, won in overtime, ended up winning the series. I don't care that Fleury won the Vezina. He screwed them out of that game, which ended up screwing them in that series. This game was won. You can't have that happen. I'm sorry. Like, you can't. You can't, especially when you're the team's best player. And that, to me, is is 
what I keep thinking about. But, you know, before this game, I, to me, I was thinking about how the all results, good, bad, whatever, they were irrelevant because as I was watching the other games last night and you're watching Tampa and Toronto's power play and you're watching the Ranger, these playoff series, and the further you go, it's even more so the point. They're decided by special teams. They really are. And the Islanders had a chance to win game one as well. 0 for 4 on the power play. And then gave up the two uh, power play goals to Carolina, who had the second worst power play in the NHL. So when a special teams debacle in game one, a goaltending debacle in game two, it's Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. But Carolina is so bad, in my opinion, from what I've seen, they can still win this year. I have a hard time finding ways right. that Carolina can win two more. Bad goaltending, lack of depth. They, they were. I don't even know who I can say they rely on. The yeah, one they lost guy Teravine, that's doing everything. Lost Teravine in broken hand, so he's probably out for the series now. The one thing, the one guy I'm actually like worried about because he's always doing things out there is Brett Burns. Not even yeah. Aho. Mm-hmm. Aho is that exact guy that you think he is. Uh, um. Under a top-tier talent, he's like what Brock Nelson is to our extremely reliable, gets a chance, he'll score. But we're not talking about Connor McDavid out there or Nathan McKinnon. You're not scared every time at, he's on the on the ice. You know, when not at all. on the ice and he, and he has the puck, you're not you're not frightened that he's going to all of a sudden, you know, either create something that's going to have a scoring chance. Doesn't mean he can't convert uh, when given an opportunity. He certainly can. But yeah, it's not that level of fear. They don't have that player. They don't. Yeah. They, they what, have he, their 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 formula is. Even in this version of the Carolina Hurricanes um, that has limped, limped towards the Metro Divi- Metropolitan Division title here in the regular season is to get a lead and be that stymie defense and be really strong in the neutral zone and not give up much and kind of you know camouflage the fact that you don't have better than average goaltending. They did that very well in game one. And it was fantastic to see down to nothing after the Islanders could not generate anything after they got back in the game on the Pulak goal that was a goal that was gifted to them, the way they came back. And then the way they played even strength the rest of the way and the way they didn't let the momentum of not being on the power play and having to kill these penalties and they got right back at it and all four lines had their moments. So it's really strange. There was a lot of positives that came out of this game. There really is. That's why I said... Down 2-0, a brutal overtime loss where you blow a third-period lead. And I did not expect to be optimistic at all down 2-0. And there's a tinge of optimism that if they win game three at home, that's going to be you know multiple games in a row where they've been the better team, maybe all three at even strength. And you see what happens. So I I'm not here today this. saying the series is over, even though down 2-0, even though they got to win four out of five against a team that they've now lost five consecutive games to this season. They have never beaten in the postseason. They've lost all six games now to Carolina. I don't I don't know why, but there's a there's a tinge of optimism that I did not expect to be there, given the situation. Yeah, there's a tinge of optimism that you did not expect to be there, and that's called me screaming for these Carolina Hurricanes these last couple weeks of the season. And I just want you to understand, because we did end up with this spot, this is exactly why I was as devastated as I was when they lost that game to Washington. Because I knew how vulnerable this team was. And you're seeing it. They're down 2 nothing, and I really am in my head. I'm like, okay, well, how are they going to win these? They're, they're, gonna, they're literally going to try to win these games one nothing. these next two games. Hope to get a point. Uh, 
shot from the point through from Burns or something, get a crusty rebound and shut the lines down, but they won't have the benefit of last change at home once it goes to Long Island. And you'll have the Islanders' top line getting better looks, even though they already converted in this game and were playing better to begin with. So you got to think the Islanders have a very good chance. I will tell you this. It's definitely going to make my sniffs. Mm. Game three. A little sniff preview here. And you can, I have zero biases. I had a policy that I implemented with the Canes last year. When they're at home, I'm betting on them. We're on the road, I'm not. I don't care. I don't care. When I lose, I'll lose. But at that point, you've won so much. And we won all seven games in the first round. And then we won the first six in the second round and then lost that game seven with the Rangers. At that point, you know, you tip your cap and say, thanks for the money. I'm going to pick the Islanders two nights from now. I'm going to give everybody in the country who watches this random people in, in Norway and stuff who take my bets. They don't watch a minute of hockey and they're going to be betting on a team called the New York Islanders two nights from now, (laughs) because that's what I'm going to suggest that they do. Oh, there are some people who don't watch a minute of this stuff. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, the way this game ended, too, you know, will give some extra juice at the start of the game, I think, for the players and, and also the fans. I, I wrote in the newsletter this morning that, you know, a split is the difference between the building being really loud and the roof feeling like it's going to blow off. And I think the kind of anger and angst around the no call to Mayfield will carry over uh, into into game three. Now, listen, things can happen pretty quickly and that could evaporate, but the Islanders will have an opportunity with that place going crazy on a Friday night um, to jump out to them an early lead. And they can play with the lead against a team that has all those um, shortcomings offensively right now. And, you know, you get it to two, one, I think you're going to feel okay about their chances. And then, you know, you get two shots potentially if you're able to hold serve like the Rangers did last year to potentially knock them off one game at home where you should have the better goaltender in all those games. Tinge of optimism, tinge of optimism. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to say. As there should be, the one thing I will say about Carolina on the road, they don't even try to flow their offense like they do at them. They truly try to play like that one game that you saw early against us this year, that shutout where they just wanted to give up nothing, score yeah, one or the, two. The Fisherman debut. Goals. That was the Fisherman yes, debut game Fisherman in December. Debut. Yeah. They play ultra conservative, and those Ranger games you're alluding to, the Rangers power play connected in all of them. Yeah. All of them. Multiple goal power play goals, and Carolina couldn't catch up we weirdly enough are going to have to do it five on five, which is not going to be easy. This people will point to those Ranger games. I remember them vividly, very vividly because that was a, a big sniffer series. <laughs> it, it was because it, every, ga- every game. And I remember that first game. I'm like, all right, Carolina just won the first two. Uh, we're going to say Rangers. But in my head, I was thinking, all right, well, how are they going to do this? You know, they had game one and they lost game two. They couldn't really score. Uh, getting away from that top line, I bet you that helps. But really, it was that power play. That really started the Rangers on the run that they went on. So we're not going to have that to rely on, obviously. And Yeah, and I would like to have seen... We we should touch on that. I don't know why I would have liked to have seen what adjustments they would have made because they've been trying to make adjustments on the power play now uh, for for six months. So, uh, but obviously, no opportunity tonight to see uh, anything they worked on or emphasized, uh, given the way Carolina very aggressively tries to kill the penalties. Uh, apparently made some adjustments on the penalty kill that worked really, really nice. Despite the uh, one for six, it really was probably an zero for six if you want to want to count it in terms of what they did on the penalty kill tonight. 
Um, I, I mean, just it's obvious just watching the games how aggressive the penalty kill is for Carolina. I mean, they jump on them, and things Islanders do not do well is move the puck and move it quickly and decisively, and it looked like a recipe for for a disaster. And remember that first. The first power play that they saw in game one, they got four shots on goal on that first power play. And you were like, wow, Barzell's really a difference maker on this unit. And then the next three, they did not get a single shot the entire time. And that one late in the third period, they could not even gain the zone. So would have liked to have seen what they were thinking they were going to do differently. I know uh, Lane Lambert called their play stubborn in terms of trying to carry the puck across the blue line. So I guess we could have expected that. Well, I'm sure... Maybe. Uh, we'll see that in game three. Yeah, we will. And it really is discouraging. I, I saw you're a stats guy, but you might have to dig this one up. But the playoff power play percentage as a whole is very high. Like I saw it's like, oh, it yeah. I mean, great. I'm watching the games last night and you're watching the Ranger Devil game. They're scoring power play goals. I know the Devils didn't have much of their didn't make much of their opportunities but the rangers are scoring goals in that game you flipping back over to tampa and, and toronto yeah. power play goals nylander scores two, two for dallas one for yeah. minnesota uh these teams are just raking in power play goals and i mean this is something that we just we like casually dismiss things like yeah well we have the last pen the last power, uh, ranked power play but now yeah, like we'll it's like that shark under a surfboard. Like, yeah, that big shadowy substance under our surfs under our surfboard. That's not a shark. Like, it's not a shark. No, no, just keep going. Let's keep surfing. These these warts are going to show themselves at the worst possible time. That's the main culprit of the game one loss. And if they get through this series, and you play a team like the New York Rangers, well, we know what their power play is doing. So if they're if they're blasting in power play goals, we're putting in none. Think about the massive disadvantage you're already starting at. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you want to look at a potential future bright side of a few days or a week from now, would be, hey, you don't have to worry about Ranger fans at UBS Arena uh, partying it up like they were at the Prudential Center uh, on on Tuesday night. It's even <laughs> worse. Could, kind of avo- could, could avoid that. You just you watch basketball, you watch some baseball. You know, you root against the Rangers, and and then and that'll be how it goes. But do you guys uh, understand what the scam metro bracket means? The Devils looked like skinny high school kids plucked to really play in did. a men's league, and then we have this Canes team who struggles scoring at home ice. They're struggling beating the Islanders, and then you have the Islanders who can't score a power play life to save their lives. And then on the other half of this bracket, you have you have last year's President's winners, you a President's Trophy winner. You have this year's President's Trophy winner. You have the three-time Eastern Conference champ, two-time Cup champs, and one of the favorites to win the Cup in Toronto. And we're sitting down here doing this. And now we just got rid of Tara Vine and injured up stall. We're just going to send them limping to the Rangers, who already were waxing them with a full roster. This is... Uh, this is a it's a tough night here. <laughs> tough night. I didn't get a chance to watch really anything of the Boston Florida game, but obviously Florida uh, scored six goals, pick up a win, a split in Boston, um, who did not have um, Bergeron again here tonight. So you know maybe that series becomes a lot more interesting than people thought. Obviously, we saw what happened between Toronto and Tampa, just a complete. Um, coming apart type of game one for, for Toronto. I'm not sure how much that carries over to game two and there's injuries now on the blue line, especially 
uh, for Tampa that could certainly yeah. uh, make things a lot more complicated. But it's about as bad of a game one, three nothing, three two, major penalty, boom boom, coach's challenge, you know, five on three, yeah. <laughs> just brutal. Uh, and I it love was the Dubas sightings. Of a game one as Tampa had in their last year when they lost five nothing. So I would say use that for some optimism. I, I actually believe that the Leafs are going to win that series and nobody was, a, I had to scream to the heavens to tell people to stop dismissing Tampa before last playoff started. They were like the fourth favorite in the East because I knew the way they play come playoff time, but they just stripped away too many pieces to the Cadillac. And I think, yes, they had a great game one even if those two defensemen were in the lineup, I would still take Toronto. And I never, I would never would, but uh, just let's just call it a sniff, if nothing else. If nothing else, right? <laughs> Listen, yeah. okay, let's spend a little bit more time on some other themes from this game. Um, let's just a moment here, uh, or maybe more than a moment, where the anger is going to be on the no call. And it's it's because of what happened earlier in the game with the Ajo penalty, where the play is continuing, it stops, they check him out, he's bloodied, goes to a double minor. Um, Thomas Hickey said after the during the post game that he was like, "Don't quote me on it, but I think the rule is is that the linesman has the ability to stop the, to reevaluate the play if there's a potential double minor or major, but not until the play is over. And that play never the whistle never came. So you know, on the video, the linesman is obviously right there looking at it. He may not have been in a position to stop the play, you know, right there as it was happening. The ref was kind of coming around." Obviously missed it. Don't know what the positioning was. The other ref, it's a, it was an awful miss. I mean, Martin Lucas, he's flailing his stick, completely out of control. Yep. It, 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 it's as bad as you can. And you can see the pundits at the national you know, media level on, on social media all basically saying the same thing, that this was just as bad as it gets in terms of a no call. Um, so people are going to be angry about it. Um, I think Mayfield was attending to medical attention, so he was unable to meet with the media. You know whether or not he lost his head there in the moments following that, and that impacted the next play. I'm not sure he was kind of on the right side. They kind of were too much, both him and the other defenseman there. That kind of allowed that passing lane over to Foss for the goal. Oh, and also the slowest back checker known to man, and like that—that that was Andrew Lee, Anders Lee guy coming down the whole ice. Yeah, and he just. He just couldn't keep up with him because, unfortunately, and, that's not Andrew Lee, Andrew's lead thing. And I, I was going to bring up Lee, but also just that line. I mean, Barzell, obviously a lot of encouraging signs. Just to see him on the ice doing most of the Matthew Barzell-type things was a big boost. And then he felt good. He played over 20 minutes in game one. He scored a goal is the type of goal we always want him to try to score, where he's this, you know he comes down with speed, shoots the puck has a better shot than he gives himself credit for, scores a huge goal. That was big for him personally, confidence-wise, I'm sure. Huge boost for the team. Bo Horvat, I want to be the biggest Bo Horvat fan out there, right? We all defended him, the intangibles, the uh, face-offs that he won, team player, two-way hockey, helping out shorthanded, being more physical, um, cementing the Islanders down the middle while Barzell was out. All of that's true. This guy's got to score some goals, and he's not even getting opportunities, Andy. Like, there's not even a moment in these games, the last two, where you're going, oh, what an opportunity for Horvat. He had the one pass that was too in tight to lead that he couldn't convert in the first period of game one. Yeah. Tonight, he had nothing. There was nothing there. So what I will say is the Pasternak, Marshawn, and 
uh, Bergeron line. The best playoff line I've pretty much seen in, in 15 years. When they played them last year, they got nothing every single game in Carolina. They would come home and score a whole bunch of goals. Then they'd so go back to Carolina, small. do nothing. Just that five-man, because they're also putting Slavin out there against them. So it, I'm not making excuses. I'm surprised they were able to get one. I would have said, oh, they're just not going to score every single game. That's just the way Carolina plays at home. But they got chances last game. I mean, it was a nice setup from Horvat to find Barzell in that mini breakaway. It was one of the few good chances that they had. And then in this game, they were able to get a goal. Um, I, I believe Horvat set that one up, right? He dropped it off to Barzell. And no, I think it was Pelic. Pelic came through the neutral zone with it. I think he intercepted a pass and handed oh, and it off. Then, and then he got, okay, yeah, yeah. So there was that. Now let's see. I remember I haven't been defending Horvat or Badge. I just kind of. I've been defending him, I think. And I, I've been are, waiting you know, to see. Let these next two games where they're going to be able to get away from that line. Let's see if they're able to produce like those Bruins players did last year when they were able to get away from them. They're going to have to. I mean, he's going he's gonna to have to. Stall is 100%. I mean, I he's know not he even winning all the play. face-offs anymore. You know, it was one thing he was winning all the face-offs. He's, he's not, he hasn't been, I don't know what the exact percentage was, but he, he's been losing some big face-offs um, in these first two games as well. So listen, we know what that stall line is, is, is capable of. We know that he's become that type of shutdown um, player at this, at this point in his career. And he's done a really good job against other players, you know, on the road, do you do something different with them? If they don't show this chemistry that you were hoping they were going to rekindle, do you do something different to kind of break them up and play them both at center positions? Is that possible? Maybe, I don't know. Um, just to get one of them off of uh, the stall line against it i guess it's something that lambert could do if, if nothing no i mean on the road it's got to be the palmary nelson line that's simply what it is it's like you it's you put them out there fine you want it you want to take away the barzell line this is like what it used to be when we played the bruins on the road that uh, the nelson and bovillier line and bailey they would come up with multiple goals in those road games many times in a series like that and we saw that palmary scored Nelson scored and they were able to get opportunities because they were able to get those better matchups. And now next game, I mean, look, it's, that's what it's gotta be. You have to have multiple lines that can contribute. I mean, the good thing that Barzell is back and at least he's able to draw that attention so that we have that second line that's able to score. And if they score two goals in road games, trust me when I tell you that's a win. Yeah, no, without question. And, you know, just to kind of go back before we take a break, to you know our theme at the start and i'm sure a lot of people that are tuning in were like wow they're going to start talking about how Ilya sorokin you know did not win this game for the islanders and and not the mayfield you get into this game and into the series in that that was the clear edge you had in in, in the matchups every single preview but they have Ilya sorokin and he played solid he played well enough in game one that if you got more of those type of performances you should be winning games with those type of performances. And you know what? If he would have given that type of game one performance in game two, you'd be even right now. And it, it just it just wasn't there. And it, I guess the weird part about it is like how to evaluate kind of these fluky type goals against the ones that are just the bad goals where he gets beaten. Like you look at the last goal and he's kind of very deep in his own net on that one. Um, it was a good shot, and he was, you know, he got pretty close. It was wide open Look. ice, you know, when he got to the puck. Foss was able to get pretty close on him, and it was a good shot, I granted. But his positioning was not great on that goal either. Um, and then, obviously, the one goals two and three, like we talked about, both fluke in nature, but both 
avoidable. I said this many times, and it's just Islander fans, they, they, they just refuse. It's like their son or something. Like, oh, my son never does anything, but you're crazy to think. How can anybody not like him? Like Jerry Seinfeld's mom. His positioning is lackluster. It's Jonathan Quick-esque. He relies on reflexes way more than being well-positioned, and it costs him on multiple occasions. That's why on two-on-ones you see corners get picked. He plays small. And yes, he makes acrobatic saves, this, that, and the other. But in terms of goaltending positioning, Steve Valaket's camp that he's always bringing up on that damn show or whatever, <laughs> like he he's not hugging the post properly. He's exposing too much of the net and the back of his head. Then coming across, he's leaving too much of the net. Sometimes he's too deep in the crease. He, like these are multiple issues here. And I get it. He makes the big, you know, split across the save. Oh my God, he took away the bottom of the net. Well, the playoffs is a lot more crusty than that. There's usually a lot of chaos going on, and you have to be able to hold your position in the midst of that chaos. It was one of my favorite things about Lundquist, how he never just threw himself out of position. You know, it's, it's kind of reminds me of Fleury. I saw Fleury push off before, try to make a save. He was literally fully a full three feet out of the net by the time his sprawling you know save attempt was made. And there's, there's just a chaotic element to that, and I know how good he is, and I understand that. But in these 2-2 games or a 3-2 lead, it has to be closed. They can't be, no, but it was a great shot by Slater. No, it wasn't. He was behind the goal line. It's a lucky-ass back-of-the-head shot that has a 0% chance of succeeding if your head is positioned differently. So I hate to say it. Every game is a series of events, but he is he's one on the list. Okay, they call the penalty. You want to know what they're going to do? Nothing, just like they've done on all the other penalties. Like, you want all these penalty calls, but then you yell, keep this five-on-five because five, we're doing well. You know, it's... And it's hard to say that it directly led to the goal. They had possession. The puck came back out to the neutral zone, the transitional play. So it wasn't like, you know, he stayed down and the puck stayed in the zone and they never got possession back. You know, it's... I think the thing is, is that for the team to overcome everything that they overcame in this game and for your goaltender to be the one that slips up and he's your best player by far and expected to be your best player in the postseason and the reason why you can compete with Carolina and potentially other teams is really disappointing. It just it just really is. Joe, that is very well said. Like so much to the point, I might try to cut this clip and send it to you, and I'll let you decide because you're going to have to deal with orcs from Lord of the Rings for saying <laughs> such a thing. Out there. But that is the 100% truth. I'll that write is about the it 100% truth. If everybody is going to stare at Bo Horvat and scream at him to score, then you also should stare at your other star and scream at him to save. It can't happen. Not in the playoffs. Not in a game of this magnitude to tie the series at one. And we know and the Islanders' margin of error is, you know, in any series they're going to play, is going to be small. Like how, the Islanders are not the team that can give away a game that they're supposed to win. Now, I know we have that tinge of optimism um, that I keep on going back to. And, you know, my recent memory was 20 years ago, 21 years ago at this point. You know, they were down 2-0 against Toronto. They won. That was a home, 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 home series. And ultimately... It, you know, the last game to lose a one goal game on game seven. You know, you sign up for game seven right now. So we'll see what happens. We've watched, you and I have watched, you know, we're in late 30s, early 40s. We've watched these Islander teams split games one and two on the road and 
not win another we'll, game, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and come back. Oh, you come back to the Coliseum, that crowd, the barn's going to be rocking. Lose, 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 lose. We've seen that too. So you don't know how these series are going to transpire. There's some recent history with Carolina uh, not being able to play well on the road. Yeah, but dude, two straight in series, and and now there's been that. a very good home team this year. But yeah, Joe, Joe, throw out those previous series. Those series are all of that optimism stems from who they're playing. This is no, a unique I get you. circumstance. I get you. This isn't Toronto of 2001, 2002 with Matt Sundin and McGillney and two multiple lines and they're kill. If this was the range, if this was next round, if we do get out of this round and then we just blew a game like that, a winnable game to the Rangers, yeah, there's no series over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is all, this all has to do with our opponent, aka anybody who had any sort of thing to say, say about the scam bracket. Well, you can thank me now because the only reason you believe you have life is because you witnessed the scam yourself out there. You've seen our opponent, you know they're beatable, they got no goalie, they have no depth, and they are extremely vulnerable. So much to the point, I, I'm trying to think, how is Caroline going to win another two? They're going to, yeah. if the Isles do what they are supposed to do out there and everybody just kind of does their job these games are all winnable because it's not even like to the rangers where they can play a bad game and then just rip in two power play goals three power play goals they have a abysmal power play i mean they have so few good things going for them right now i mean if they can't beat them it's like all right well who can you beat at this point right right well huh, if you could trade series right now if you can just play florida for the rest of this yeah, there's series. no there's maybe no one else you'd want to be playing yeah nobody yeah. would you rather play winnipeg or the kraken no we're playing the worst team in the playoffs right now and go ahead click it and fucking or maybe the devils are the worst actually with the with the, with the children they're rolling out there trying to play you don't want to maybe I mean, they might have enough time to even grow some playoff beards some of those guys they might not even yeah. own a razor Oh man, everybody's relearning a hard lesson. Even <laughs> if they come out and win the next game, game with his wife, he got he and he he was uh, he went to the game. He wore the uh, alternate jersey that has you know jersey on it, the black one. Like his wife oh. got him one for like a birthday gift, and it had like Jack Hughes. He's like, I'm sitting at this game, they're getting crushed, and I'm wearing you know the sweater as a 40 year old man. I'm at like 19 year old right now. Like <laughs> I'm embarrassed for myself. That's interesting. You mentioned that I will not wear a jersey of somebody younger than me. Oh, same. I've I said that. I've said that too. I think, yeah, I won't. I won't do that either. I think I'm done with putting anyone's name on there. Like I had some retired players, maybe Mike Piazza back ninety nine two thousand. That might have been my last name. I think Michael Pekka was the, probably the last uh, Islander jersey with a name on it. But my mom anyway. pulled the trick on me though. Uh, before yeah, Christmas, like three years ago, I was sitting on the couch, and I got to give her credit. She's usually oh my god, the worst actress in the game. But I was just watching an Isles game, and she goes, who's the best player on the Islanders? And I gave her the, like, you know, most people, like, think it's, like, Matt Barzell. But honestly, if you're talking to somebody who who kind of really sees what's going on, I know this is going to sound weird, <laughs> but I said, I said, it's Devon Taves, the defenseman number 12. Of course. They go, they go, oh, he's your favorite player? I said, yeah, for me, this is the first guy I've been excited about in a long time. And she bought me his jersey. That was actually a like a test wow. to see who I liked the got most. Got the spelling right. Probably probably spoke with your brother. Made sure she got all the details right. Yeah. Well and done. You, you want to hear the funny part of that? My younger brother didn't know that that's what she was doing. And like she said, Ben, look, who's your favorite? He goes, uh, Yeah, is he seventeen? Yeah, Matt Martin. And she she, didn't, she had no clue he was kidding, so she bought him the Matt <laughs> Martin jersey. 
well, he's got longer use out of that jersey than you did Devontaza, sadly enough. I was actually watching an interview with the Quinnipiac head coach. He was doing an interview on on, on the Split and Chicklet show. Just I saw a preview of it, um, a little snippet of it on, on social media. And like he had the framed Devontae's, uh, you know, jersey in the background. I was thinking of you. Anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, I got to talk to you about my dilemma on Friday night, and I need some advice. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fan-Sided Sports Network. Joe Bono and Andy Francis will be right back. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code staple two zero. We're back, Joe Bono and Andy Francis, Eyes on Isles podcast, fan-sided sports network. So Friday night, first home game in UBS Arena history. Um, as I mentioned at a little bit earlier, I think the way this game two ended with the Mayfield no call, it should be a angry, feisty, liquored up <laughs> Winters fan base uh, there on you can Friday say night. It. You can say I'm, it. I'm not using your word. I'll use it. And this is when I'm proud to have them. The carnies will be out. They will this be out. We need they them. are angry. <laughs> this is, you guys are mistaking that for an insult. I need, we need the carnies. We need batteries. <laughs> no, but no, do not, do not take that serious. Do not bring batteries. But I'm just saying, go ahead, take out your frustrations on the crowd. Wear something insulting the whalers or something like that. Whatever it may be, go ahead. Let it rip. So I won't be there at the game on Friday night. And my dilemma um, is that plans were made weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Plans were made. Dinner with the neighbors. Seven o'clock. No. Reservation. No. No, I don't care. Like, whatever. You have to always weigh, all right, well, what's the downside? Your wife will be probably pissed for X amount of time. So this is where I got to give you the history. There's some history here for me personally, okay? 2003, so this is 20 years ago, probably close to the date, right? I have a girlfriend in college, lovely girl, happily married, a couple of kids, great for her. And we had on the calendar that we were going to go visit her dad's uncle, who was a big sports fan. He would never met me. He was excited to meet me, another sports fan, you know, talk baseball, talk football, everything else. So we met the uncle and then we had dinner plans afterwards. This coincided with Islanders, Ottawa Senators game two, Islanders coming off a three nothing Garth Snow shutout in game one. So this is pre- smartphones so there is no checking your phone for the score there is no streaming the game underneath the table this is 20 year old you know joe stuffing a discman am fm you know radio (laughs) in the side of his pants 
trying to get the seat furthest to the left by the wall at the restaurant and trying to listen to the broadcast during the during the uncle dinner. Um, did not go over well. Islanders lost that game. I was a little perturbed, a little angry about that. It was not my personable, relatable, you know, jovial self. And, uh, you know, we didn't make it to senior year together. So well, I have to be very careful about how to handle the situation. Listen, there is no getting out of this. Um, it's it's going to happen. Um, I'm going to. That's a defeatist mindset. I'm not. There's no way I'm getting out of front. the. I'm not. I'm not getting out of the dinner. I'm going to be at the dinner. Question is, at what time I'm going to get back? Because this is like you know, big parents that is night a defeatist out mindset. That that is that is unacceptable. Like there are people where they just they they put that in their head. Well, I have to go. Okay. Like the first thing as you're telling this story, I have nine ideas going through my head. Okay different restaurant, make sure there's TVs located, but like uh, multiple things going on through my head opposed to want, want, can't watch the game. No, go to a place where there's going to be TVs lining, come up with a good excuse as to but why. Andy, and now I, when you know. you're in my phase of life right now, you have to put things on calendars. It's a lot of work and a lot of moving pieces to even make yourself available to go out. So these things are planned weeks and weeks in advance. People write them down in a planner next to the karate classes and the dance recitals and I mean, all dude, this stop stuff. Doing this. I'm trying to to make my life more serious. I really am. I'm really trying <laughs> as, to turn as I the look corner. at the, as I look at all what? the the noses in the background right now. Yeah, you're you're looking <laughs> you're looking at the million dollar belt, perpetual noses, Street Fighter two, but a guy who's going to be able to watch the Islanders and a guy who made his sniffs. You want to know when if this when if the sniffs wouldn't be anywhere if I had to, to go to the karate class and then I, my neighbor said I gotta go to the and I'm not saying not to do that. All I'm saying is you ain't marketing it in such a way where. I'm going to really hurry it up and get there because <laughs> you don't see your friends. You can't go to games. You can't watch the playoffs. And I understand there's nothing more uh, fulfilling in life from everybody who says it than seeing your kids and watching them grow up and, and doing all the things that come along with being a great dad. And I don't doubt that at all. That seems very great. It is. It seems like it's something that supersedes everything. With that said, all the trickle downs seem miserable outside of that. The peripherals seem miserable, and this, you ain't helping this is the unfortunate. Case. The timing of it is unfortunate. I mean, when when your teams are good and you're playing postseason in April, May, and June, potentially, like stuff comes up. The weekends get busy. There's weddings. I mean, as it my May right now, every weekend there's something. You tell me, is that going to be a Saturday or Sunday? Islander playoff game, potentially, if they made it to the next round in any of those maze, of course there's going to be. So there are challenges. Now, the way I'm going to handle this, I'm not going to do a repeat of 20 years ago. I'm not going to try to sneak it from happening and be aloof. I'm going to announce at the at the start. They know I'm a big Islander fan. They even purchased the book, and they don't even really care about hockey, just supportive neighbors. How about that? I'm just going to announce early on to say, hey, listen, Islanders are playing tonight. I'm going to be periodically checking what's going on. Hopefully we get home in time, you know, for the third period. So I don't think we'll be out too, too late. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what I got to do. That's how it's going to I work out know. for me. And I'm just being honest about it to you and the audience, et cetera. Just life. 
That's life. This well, is for I, I want to tell you something. This is why I don't like your neighbors already. And this They're is wonderful why people, people. This is why. Oh, they might be. They might be. But this is why people, once they get to know me, they're like, I, I honestly, that might be the best effing quality about that guy. If I ever learned that something like that, like if I saw your, if I saw that you hosted a New York Islanders podcast and I knew they had a game, do you know how awful I would feel to be the reason <laughs> you're not watching that? If you ever made that announcement at a table, because somebody who knows you, they should know that already. Like that's what I, I don't get people's mind. If you, Joe, said, "Hey, I got this new book out," and I saw New York Islanders on it, I you go, think oh, they well, even guy, know that they're, they, they might not they, even know that there's a playoff? But that's game what I'm saying. Is everybody just someone who doesn't realize they're going slow in the left lane? There has to be coherent individuals around. If I knew anything was semi-important to somebody, I would never be the reason. I would never. But be this the is reason. not a situation where, like, I have the Islanders schedule. And I know like what dates to avoid and what dates. A hundred percent. I'm putting it on was, them. It, so Any normal person plans. realizes someone can't plans, foresee the playoffs. Make plans. Put three kids down. Get the babysitter. Get the grandparents. Get everything arranged, and then go. Uh oh, game three at the, game three at UBS Arena. Call it off. Yes. Yes, because that is what you've been waiting for for years. You haven't been waiting for dinner for years. You haven't been waiting to get the fish tacos at God knows where you're going. There are a finite amount of opportunities you're going to get for something like this. Well, as somebody no, who listen, has to I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll make an exception, and maybe this will save me some face with you, right? Like if I had tickets to the game or were offered tickets to the game, I would I would go to the game. Like if I if that it was like, listen, we can't. We have to cancel dinner. I'm going to the game. That's not what's here. It's like, okay, like a period and a half, maybe two periods. You got to track some other way and then you, you get it home and you settle in for the final, you know, 20 minutes. I don't look, I'm not blaming you so much as those around you. <laughs> I just can't like the only thing that would be in my head. If I ever saw, this is just how my mind works. If I ever saw you half glance at your phone, I'd be like, this is torture. Why are we doing this to this guy? Anybody who's ever wanted to check lotto numbers or watch The Weakest Link or watch Monday Night Raw or just do anything that they've been waiting for, how could anybody else ever be on board with taking somebody out of that? I guess, there's, but like, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's game it's game three. And then like, there'll be something at one o'clock on Sunday that I'll make sure that I, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on in this serious life that I have that you have maybe thinking about entertaining at some point. There's other, there's other stuff going on. It's not as it. easy. It's not easy, man. <laughs> it's hard. <I> like I'm lucky it, my kids aren't old enough right now would have been like you know hey I'm gonna be at a recital oh I got a soccer game I got a you know their trophy award presentation all that kind of stuff I guess Remember, that's 1989 why I'm upset. 1989 Giants Rams playoff game I think my dad like came to this like no like nothing participation award soccer like ceremony for me and missed the Giants losing in overtime on a Flipper Anderson touchdown from Jim Everett. But nevertheless, he was there. I guess that's why I'm upset, though, because I do understand that. Family does supersede. Random dinner with the chalk <laughs> neighbors does not. <laughs> oh, hi, Dan. Are you ready for dinner this Sunday? Like, this guy you don't give two rats asses about in the that's long run. True. If you, if you moved away, if you moved and got a job in, in Philadelphia – 
you would talk to this guy max one time the rest of your whole life. That's how important this guy. Your kids, of course. <laughs> Even if it's a kid's game, a dance, I fully understand. That's something that's always going to be remembered. You and Dan talking about the Dow Jones, it pales in comparison. You go in there on how, tax how, how you know, deadline how, day. We might, we might, the market might come up, you know, inflation, the weather. It's a lot of, a lot of things we have. What have you been watching? I know. Did you watch uh, the look, crown? I'm only giving yet? you a hard time. You see what happened then. on six? Did you happen to see what's on Succession? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk a lot about the full swing documentary on Netflix. He's a big golfer. That's where I think that's my opening. I'm going to start with that. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, it's going to be great when he. Uh, did you see uh, Game Two of the Yankees? Well, that was a real. <laughs> God. Oh man. Anyway, I'm looking forward to dinner, and I'm hope I'm, I want a nice dinner. Want to I want to have a fun evening, and then get home quick. Twenty minutes, settle in. Islander victory overall. That'd be a win-win. An Islander win, and that great night. Everyone will be happy. Yeah, uh, everyone who watches the game will definitely be happy. I mean, you're gonna feel like a guy who didn't get to go out on Halloween. Yeah, the candy's there, but you you missed out on the whole experience. <laughs> Again, it's, I think if I had a ticket, different. But anyway, you hear that um, crowd? You hear that crowd? If he had I, a that's, ticket, that, that that's the part. Um, I'm gonna have to DVR the game to like see the opening, <laughs> you know, like yeah. or maybe like the MSG Twitter account will like. You know, put out something, and Brendan Burke will write this like, you know, two paragraph soliloquy to start the game that gets your, you know, goosebumps going, and I'll have to like watch it in bed at eleven thirty. But anyway, um, uh, other thing I wanted to just mention besides my uh, my dilemma, just a random thing that I was listening in the car on the way to work today uh, between Boomer and Geo, and I just I just want to make sure that you and I are on the same wavelength here. They started. And I, it's kind of ridiculous even talking about this. It's a hypothetical, hypothetical that they were like talking about the Devils and Prudential Center. And, you know, Gio mentioned, hey, if they won a Stanley Cup at while playing at Prudential Center, you know, would they have the parade at the parking, like in the parking lot again? Or do they have it downtown Newark? You know, where would the Devil Parade be? And then that became a segue into if the Islanders won, Gio was like, oh, well, they'll be down the Canyon of Heroes. And Boomer was like, no way. There's no chance the Islanders are going to be down the Canyon Heroes. And Jack Gregg was adamant about it. Um, I know the Islanders have made an effort to try to be this Long Island team, but, you know, kind of flirt a little bit with the city and Manhattan a little bit. What do you think would happen? What would, would ownership say, want? What would I ownership would want that, and what would happen? I would say that if they remained in Brooklyn, I could see some sort of understanding to try to continue to affiliate yourself with the city but mark my words i told you it's one of the best reasons of that you can be an islander fan one of the most alluring parts of being an islanders fan is that it's you and 10 people next to chuck e cheese on hempstead turnpike you have to go by a place called taste of honey to get to the original nassau coliseum and if you told somebody from the middle of the country that you're an islanders fan they think you're talking about a hawaiian baseball team they are an obscure team that the least popular of all the New York pro sports teams. And that's the best part about it. It would be a handful of us on Hempstead Turnpike stretching from ANS bagels past Hofstra. It, it honestly, <laughs> the best thing to do is to go from 
Coliseum to Coliseum. You go from the new place to the old place. That's what some people some people did recommend that today on on, on Twitter. Um, you know, they would that's where the route would start, and then they would rent end at UBS Arena somehow. Um, and yeah, the thing is, like, honestly, yeah. again, I mean, I don't feel bad saying it. Like the Canyon of Heroes, like we have visions of what the Yankee Parade looked like and what the New York Giant Parade looked like. What kind of crap? <laughs> like, it was, like, just being honest, if we had the parade down the Canyon of Heroes, like, how many rows of people deep would would that be down 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 Sixth Avenue? Uh, you know, what are they gonna get the key to the city that they don't play for? I, I just don't understand. He was so sure of it, uh, Giannotti, uh, who prides him, you know, you know, puts himself out there as an Islander fan amongst the teams. He'll wear any jersey, obviously, for the right reasons, for the right. Um, I also right causes, think, I think but... they would feel the energy. Like, you, you know, they casually see what's going on. Didn't they change the the, the uh, Islanders buzzer that they tried introducing game one? Like, you know, when they scored oh, the a siren. Golden... Yeah. yeah. Wait, Tinelli and yeah. Nacho. <laughs> and then they tweeted <laughs> out, like, Islanders fans, we heard you loud and clear. If Islanders fans made it be known that they were disgusted by, like, being affiliated with, like, the Yankees and, like, just the other chalk new york teams then yeah i think they would do it and i got news for you do you think the new york islanders like spending money which one do you think is a cheaper one to do someone else pays for that right someone else pays for all that i think yeah trust me when they're weighing stopping new york city and shutting down major streets shutting down productions you can't film season 12 of ncis because the new york islanders (laughs) are in town can you imagine i can't get down sixth avenue what's going on oh it's uh it's uh, that, Hudson Fashing on the Cadillac. It's that Hawaiian baseball team. <laughs> They're in town. Hey, who's that? Oh, that's uh, Varley. That's Sorokin and Varley are up there, along with Lou. Yeah, you don't know who that is? Hudson Fashing. That's a good one. Yeah, you don't know who that is? <laughs> Thomas Hickey. Hey, it's the MSG flow with Shannon and, and Thomas Hickey. Um, but listen, there would be no time. Like they would make those decisions what two or three days after a cup win. So, like they wouldn't be able to reverse course. I don't think. I would say it would be so perfect Islander fan base to win a Stanley Cup and then people be furious over like where the parade route is going to be. Like that would just be absolutely perfect. That people would be like, character. what is this? Yeah, hundred percent. They would put out. They would put out the tweet. You know, kind of like the Mets did on that patch, the Presbyterian Hospital patch that everyone hated. You know, they put out the tweet, hey, we're proud to announce this is our parade route, and everyone just goes crazy on it. Um, Look, I, you my, saw my idea, how they rebelled against everything Brooklyn. Like, yeah. they, they hated They They blamed that original Hurricane series on Brooklyn, right. the one from a couple years back. Yeah, they, they don't like those affiliations. You know, there's people in Ronkonkoma watching these Islanders. They don't want to be trekking it to Manhattan. But I think if you say, oh, it's like, you know, outside the original Coliseum and your old your old uh, initials are still engraved in the champ's bathroom, then, yeah, that's a, that's more alluring and that's more their speed. <laughs> yeah, so I, no, I, I agree, too. I think I think maybe, maybe, again, we're dreaming here, hypothetical. Um, I would think, you know, could could Belmont Park uh, now? It would happen around the same. It would, if they won a Stanley Cup, it happened right around the same time as the actual stakes race. But could like Belmont Park accommodate like a celebratory just day where like people are just out in the park and like having a party all day long, and then they do like a ceremony on the grandstand, you know, where they have the seating out. Maybe something like that. That'd be cool because you have the arena right there in the shadows, and 
kind of have everyone just kind of, that'd be kind of a good mix given like the tailgate culture. And hey, Joe. Kind of, yeah. I got good news. It's not going to happen this year. <laughs> we got time to figure it out. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And then they'll be like, Joe, you going to, uh, Joe, you going to the parade? I'm like, actually, you know what? Me and Dan, we got these plans together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me and Dan are about to shoot lunch. another 18 out in uh, Port Chester. <laughs> made these plans it's been on the books for a while <laughs> yeah so anyway good conversation and uh we'll see what happens you know the season could be over uh sunday around 3 30 or we could be really excited about what's uh what's to come in the series and they send it back to carolina tied or have their backs up against the wall down 3-1 could go in a bunch of different ways but i think as way andy and i have both articulated tonight there's a reason to believe despite being down 2-0 the first two games as much as about the Islanders, it's also about Carolina, and there's reason to have that tinge of optimism that uh, they can dig themselves out of this and at least give themselves an opportunity uh, to get even and, and then maybe steal one on the road before the series is done. Yeah, they, they really can. So uh, you got to do it one at a time. You, can, you can't do the mail-it-in Islanders. Can't be the worry about it tomorrow, Islanders. But they have won those home games you're going to have to win one on the road because even if they win two at home, they can't start feeling themselves like when they won game four against Tampa and then just decided, well, we don't have to show up game five. Yeah, ain't nothing. <laughs> it's something that I always worry about with these guys, man, just the random flat games. It's so funny. It's like almost – you remember when Willie Mays Hayes opened his eyes to see if he got cut when he looked into the locker in Major League? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, with the pink slip, yeah. yeah. He, he literally – and then he just – he slowly opens that one eye. That's my process of seeing if the Islanders show – like which version did we get tonight? The ones who care or the mail-it-in Islanders? And eh, I still don't know if they, if they came to play game one. It was just such a weird – game weird vibe but tonight yeah, they just seem to feel. do it and they, they, they played they say, played a really they played a really good game i mean uh, you know high sticks two double minors where they draw draw blood fluky goals uh, they played a pretty strong game overall and anybody hmm. who ever had the audacity to say oh my god that turnover during the oh my god that stupid penalty scott mayfield is built for the playoffs you haven't said his name once because he is what playoffs are all about. I told you, you got to drag those players to the playoffs because that's where you're going to see them shine. You've seen it with Mayfield. Now let's see if that fourth line can generate ruckus at home where they tend to usually uh, do their best work when they can feed off of the crowd. But they've been hitting everything that moves over there. They have, been. They there. have been, especially tonight. The bigger So you, you drag those two. guys along simply for playoffs and you're seeing as I like to say, the fruits of that sniff being rewarded. <laughs> and and Scott Mayfield, any slanderers realize this is why you just deal with when he just kind of makes silly plays throughout the course of the year. He is rock steady in front of the net. He's a nightmare to deal with, and he is built for the playoffs. And a uh, big contract year coming up for Scott Mayfield, but we'll leave that, of course, uh, to another podcast. Well, Andy, uh, I got some optimism. You're giving the sniffs to the Islanders for Game 3, letting that be known right here, right now. That's where you're going to be going. Um, and uh, we will see what happens. And uh, I'll be right there with everybody else, checking to see what's going on at the UBS Arena uh, from my phone. Hopefully they got a good cell phone reception at the restaurant. <laughs> oh, God. 
hey, hey call man, ahead dude. of time. Let me help you out. Like you just you do two things. You do it two by the book. And you don't think ahead. I'm a multiple. I, I live life like a pool player, man. I'm thinking nine steps ahead. Well, what's the service there? Should I call ahead of time? Should I get the Wi-Fi so I don't have to fake a bathroom visit and ask the waiter for yeah. it? That's what I'm doing. I would literally call ahead of time and say, listen, I have a reservation on Friday, and I'm just going to need Wi-Fi service just because it's work-related stuff, and then tell them your name for the reservation. Yeah, I, I don't They'll think there's going to be... Uh, I don't think there's TVs. This place is uh, fringe too fancy for, for a sports game to be on but at least i could track it from my phone right because 20 years Bougie ago Buono. 20 20 years ago it was um am AF, am fm disman or or another thing i used to do 20 years ago i used to call this number called 555 like tell me it was like 188 tell me or something like that and it, you would call up and you'd be like you'd be like good evening it goes and i'd be like the mets and he goes the mets Lost a tough one to the Braves, three <laughs> oh to two. Like it would be like that's how you would get the scores. You have to keep on calling back to see what the scores were. That's what that was our lives like two decades ago. It's crazy. That's bu- that's bougie bono only going to places that are so nice they I didn't don't pick even the place. have a TV over I didn't there. Pick the place. Oh my god! All right. Well, listen. You guys can tell us, put in the reviews, tweet at us. You know what would you do if you were me? I'm sure everyone would agree with Andy. Um, but uh, nah, don't sell yourself short. Maybe a few few of you might agree with me. Afraid, afraid of your wives. <laughs> oh my god! I'm telling you, Joe, you just scared them. whoever in their early 20s listening to this. You're just you're just sending them deeper into uh, into different territories. Dude, just say like, what do you want? Like, where do you want to go? The rest of the week, it's a long weekend. If you want to cancel those plans, all right. <laughs> This episode of the Eyes on Eyes on Isles podcast. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. We'll see whether or not we still have a series to talk about where the Islanders will be. Uh, but everyone that's going to the arena, be loud, be proud, be excited. I'm um, looking forward to at least watching the, all of the Sunday game um, and certainly the third period of the game on Friday night. So for Mr. Andy Francis, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time, Islanders country. Good night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.